European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 18, Focus Issue on Basic Science, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. From Bench to Bedside, The Clinical Future on the Horizon of Experimental Evidence. Basic science is an essential basis of clinical evidence. Ischemia is the major problem eventually leading to myocardial infarction and stroke, which in most parts of the world are still major health problems. Ischemia occurs if a blood vessel supplying vital tissue narrows or occludes in the absence of well-developed collaterals. Thus, stimulation of the formation of new blood vessels is one of the strategies to circumvent this fundamental problem. And indeed, most tissue and organs of animals and humans do have such a capacity, although it may not suffice. Therefore, cardiovascular research has focused on understanding and stimulating angiogenesis. In their review, Angiogenic Gene Therapy in Cardiovascular Diseases, Dream or Vision, Sipo Ehler Hertzschuala and colleagues from the University of Eastern Finland in Kuopio, Finland, summarize the current knowledge and the perspectives of such an approach. Although current treatment strategies have tremendously improved the management of cardiovascular disease, up to a third of these patients cannot be successfully treated with current treatment approaches, and new treatment strategies are clearly needed. Gene therapy and therapeutic vascular growth may provide a new treatment option for such patients. Several growth factors, like vascular endothelial growth factors, fibroblast growth factor, and hepatocyte growth factor, have been tested in clinical trials. However, apart from the demonstration of increased vascularity, very few clinically relevant results have been obtained. Major problems are gene transfer efficiency, short duration of transgene expression, and suboptimal selection of endpoints and patients. Ongoing gene therapy trials tried to take these issues into account. Better targeted delivery systems and new and more effective growth factors have been brought to clinical testing. Eventually, a combination of future angiogenic therapies and revascularization procedures might be required to achieve optimal tissue function and clinical benefits. Another approach to influence cellular function is to interfere with cell-to-cell communication. Exosomes are extracellular vesicles of endosomal origin which have emerged as key mediators of intercellular communication. All major cardiac cell types, including cardiomyocytes, endothelial cells, and fibroblasts, release exosomes that modulate cellular functions of neighboring cells. In a second article, Roles of Exosomes in Cardioprotection, Giuseppe Vasali and colleagues from the Cardiocentro Ticino in Lugano, Switzerland, reviewed this evolving area. The authors remind us that exosomes released from human cardiac progenitor cells are cardioprotective and experimentally improve cardiac function after myocardial infarction to an extent comparable to that achieved by their parent cells. Cardiac progenitor cell-derived exosomes are enriched with cardioprotective microRNAs 
particularly MIR146A-3P. Circulating exosomes also appear to be involved in remote ischemic preconditioning. Moreover, they are currently being investigated as diagnostic markers. The discovery that cell-derived extracellular signaling organelles mediate paracrine effects of stem cells suggests that cell-free strategies could eventually substitute cell transplantation. Another evolving area is epigenetics. It has become obvious recently that transcription and translation of genes is highly regulated by a variety of mechanisms, those interfering with RNA, such as non-coding RNA, and RNA-binding proteins. In a further clinical review entitled Emerging Roles for RNA-Binding Proteins as Regulators of Cardiovascular Disease, Eric Peter van der Veer and colleagues from the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands discussed that transcriptional and post-transcriptional mechanisms play a key role in the regulation of remodeling and regenerative responses to damaged cardiovascular tissues. Recently, RNA-binding proteins such as quaking, human antigen R, HUR, muscle-blind and serine and arginine-rich splicing factor 1 have emerged as pivotal regulators of these functional adaptations in the cardiovascular system by guiding a wide-ranging number of post-transcriptional events that dramatically impact RNA fate, including alternative splicing, stability, localization and translation, and eventually of protein synthesis. Moreover, homozygous disruption of RNA-binding protein genes is commonly associated with cardiac and or vascular complications. The authors also discuss the potential DNA-based and RNA-based therapeutic approaches that could target cardiovascular disease in the future. More recently, circular RNAs, a subclass of non-coding RNAs, have been discovered in mammalian cells. In their clinical research manuscript, FOXO3 Circular RNA promotes cardiac senescence by modulating multiple factors associated with stress and senescence responses. Burton B. Yang and colleagues from the University of Toronto in Canada investigated the role of the circular RNA CIRC FOXO3 in senescence using in vitro and in vivo approaches. Interestingly, the authors found that a circular RNA generated from a member of the forkhead family of transcription factors, FOXO3, namely CIRC FOXO3, is highly expressed in heart tissue of aged patients, as well as of mice, and associated with markers of cellular senescence. In the latter, doxorubicin-induced cardiomyopathy was aggravated by ectopic expression of CIRC FOXO3, but relieved by silencing transcription factor. Furthermore, silencing of CIRC FOXO3 inhibited senescence of mouse embryonic fibroblasts, while ectopic expression of CIRC FOXO3 induced senescence. In the cytoplasm, where CIRC FOXO3 was mainly distributed, it interacted with the antisenescent protein ID1, a member of the helix loop helix, or HLH, transcriptional regulatory proteins, and with the transcription factor E2F1 
as well as the anti-stress proteins focal adhesion kinase and hypoxia-inducible factor alpha. The authors conclude that ID1, E2F1, focal adhesion kinase and hypoxia-inducible factor alpha interact with CERC FOXO3 and are retained in the cytoplasm and could no longer exert their antisenescent and anti-stress roles, resulting in increased cellular senescence. The discovery of these pathways may provide future targets to prevent cellular senescence and organ dysfunction occurring with aging. Reactive oxidant species play an important role in signal transduction and as mediators of cardiac and vascular disease. Oxidative stress has particularly been involved in the development of cardiac hypertrophy and heart failure. The sirtuins are a family of deacetylases involved in a variety of cellular processes. A mitochondrial isoform of the sirtuins, SIRT4, is highly expressed in the heart, but its function remains unknown. In a basic science manuscript entitled SIRT4 Accelerates Ang2-Induced Pathological Cardiac Hypertrophy by Inhibiting MNSOD Activity, Depei Liu and colleagues from the Institute of Basic Medical Sciences at the Chinese Academy of Medical Sciences and Peking Union Medical College in China investigated the role of SIRT4 in cardiac hypertrophy and tried to delineate the molecular mechanism by which SIRT4 regulates mitochondrial oxidative stress. They used male SIRT4 knockout and transgenic mice with cardiac-specific overexpression of SIRT4 and their respective wild-type litimates, and treated them with angiotensin II at a dose of 1.1 mg per kilogram per day. Of note, SIRT4 deficiency conferred resistance to angiotensin II by suppressing hypertrophic growth and fibrosis. In contrast, in SIRT4 transgenic mice, Hypertrophy was aggravated and cardiac function reduced following angiotensin II. Mechanistically, SIRT4 inhibited the binding of manganese superoxide dismutase to SIRT3, another member of the mitochondrial sirtuins, and increased its acetylation and thereby reduced its activity. In turn, this resulted in the accumulation of reactive oxygen species in response to angiotensin II. Furthermore, inhibition of reactive oxygen species by MNTBAP, a mimetic of superoxide dismutase, blocked the SIRT4-mediated facilitation of the hypertrophic response in angiotensin II. Thus, SIRT4 promotes hypertrophic growth, fibrosis, and cardiac dysfunction by increasing reactive oxygen species in response to angiotensin II. SIRT4 inhibition therefore may provide a novel therapeutic target to prevent or reverse cardiac hypertrophy. The relevance of these findings is thoughtfully discussed in an editorial by Joseph Hill from the UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, Texas, USA. Myocardial fibrosis is also involved in cardiac dysfunction in inflammatory dilated cardiomyopathy. In this remodeling process, 
Activation of transforming growth factor beta signaling is a key step. Downstream mechanisms controlling these events, however, remain elusive. In a further research article in which I was involved, entitled Transforming Growth Factor Beta-Dependent WNT Secretion Controls Myofibroblast Formation and Myocardial Fibrosis Progression in Experimental Autoimmune Myocarditis, Gabriela Kanya and colleagues from the University of Zurich in Switzerland looked into this matter further. Experimental autoimmune myocarditis was induced in mice using a heart-specific antigen and anadjuvant. In mouse and human cardiac fibroblasts, WNT proteins and activation of WNT-slash-beta-catenin pathway was rapidly induced in response to transforming growth factor beta. Inactivation of extracellular WNT with secreted frizzled-related protein 2 or inhibition of WNT secretion with WNT C59 prevented transforming growth factor beta-mediated transformation of inflammatory precursors and cardiac fibroblasts into pathogenic myofibroblasts. Inhibition of TCF-slash-beta-catenin-mediated transcription with ICG-001, or genetic loss of beta-catenin, also prevented transforming growth factor beta-induced myofibroblast formation. Furthermore, blocking of SMAD-independent transforming growth factor beta-activated kinase 1, or TAC1, completely abrogated transforming growth factor beta-induced WNT secretion. Activation of the WNT pathway in the absence of transforming growth factor beta, however, failed to transform precursor cells into myofibroblasts. The critical role of WNT axis for cardiac fibroblasts in inflammatory dilated cardiomyopathy was further supported by elevated WNT1-WNT5A levels in myocardial samples of patients with myocarditis. Accordingly, and as an in vivo proof of principle, inhibition of WNT secretion, or TCF-beta-catenin-mediated transcription, abrogated the development of post-inflammatory fibrosis in experimental autoimmune myocarditis. In summary, therefore, TAC1-mediated rapid WNT protein secretion is a novel key mechanism of myofibroblast differentiation and myocardial fibrosis induced by transforming growth factor beta. Thus, pharmacological targeting of WNTs might represent a promising therapeutic approach against inflammatory dilated cardiomyopathy also in humans. Epidemiological studies strongly suggest a link between stress, depression, and cardiovascular disease. A potential causal relationship, however, is poorly understood, but may be related to genetic mutations. This issue therefore concludes with a research article entitled BDNF-VAL-66-MET Polymorphism, a Potential Bridge Between Depression and Thrombosis, by Silvia S. Barbieri and colleagues from the Centro Cardiologico Monzino in Milan, Italy. 
the authors note that a single nucleotide polymorphism in the brain derived neurotrophic factor gene, or BDNF, with a substitution of valine by methionine at position 66, has been associated with depression and anxiety. Using a knock-in mouse carrying the BDNF-VAL66-MET human polymorphism, which phenocopies psychiatric-related symptoms found in humans, the authors investigated the impact of this single nucleotide polymorphism on thrombosis. Interestingly, BDNF-MET-MET mice displayed a depressive-like phenotype concomitantly with hypercoagulable state and platelet hyperreactivity. Proteomic analysis of the aortic secretome from BDNF-MET-MET and wild-type mice showed differential expression of proteins involved in coagulation and inflammatory cascades. Indeed, the BDNF-MET allele predisposed to carotid artery thrombosis and to death after collagen and epinephrine injection. Interestingly, transfection with a BDNF-MET construct induced a prothrombotic and pro-inflammatory phenotype in wild-type cells. In contrast, CERT-1 activation with resveratrol and or K10591 prevented thrombus formation and restored the physiological levels of coagulation and of platelet markers in BDNF-MET-MET mice or cells transfected with the MET allele. Conversely, inhibition of CERT-1 by certinol or specific siRNA induced a prothrombotic and pro-inflammatory phenotype in wild-type mice as well as in cells. Finally, BDNF-MET homozygosity was associated with an increased risk of acute myocardial infarction in humans. Thus, activation of platelets, alteration in coagulation, and changes in vessel wall protein expression in BDNF-MET-MET mice recapitulates features of anxiety and depression. Furthermore, the BDNF-VAL66-MET polymorphism predisposes to arterial thrombosis and acute myocardial infarction. The results of this truly translational study are critically discussed in an editorial authored by Christian M. Marta from the University of Zurich in Switzerland. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.